Hi everybody, I'm Sal, and you're listening to the Elseworlds Exchange, brought to you by Comic Pop. Go to comicpop.net for all your YouTube comic book needs. This episode in particular is brought to you by TeePublic. Go to tpublic.com slash store slash comic pop and find yourself an amazing t-shirt with a really, really great design on it. Some of those designs are made in-house by us here at Comic Pop, including our Comic Pop logo t-shirt, an Ultron t-shirt, and a Head Crabs from Half-Life t-shirt. They're really, really fun designs. You should check them out. They also don't have tags, the... Sizes are printed on the back of the shirt, so you don't have to worry about that uncomfortable tag stuff. They're really comfortable shirts. I would not shill for these guys if I didn't already have a mess of their shirts that I purchased myself. I like them a lot. Check them out. Go to tpublic.com slash door slash comic pop and find one for yourself. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes a friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals. A mysterious, all-powerful character, a problem to the police. What a crusade of a law. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Elseworlds Exchange. I am Sal. And I'm Tiffany. Today, I thought we'd talk a little bit about darker image. I've been meaning to do, like, a special video for this, but I've never really been able to articulate how I want to make that, so I thought, ah, fuck it, let's just do an Elseworlds Exchange about it. Okay. Darker, it? darker image is uh, a one-issue book that was published by Image Comics from 1993, it featured a catalog of characters that were coming into the next generation of Image Comics. Okay. You know, the first one was like Wildcats and Spawn and stuff and Savage Dragon. This is like Generation 2's image, you know? Like, all right, you thought you, we blew your fucking minds a, a year ago with all these other characters. Well, here's some new characters. This was a meant to be a four-issue miniseries that wound up becoming one. How come? Because they didn't want to make any more. Does it, does it tell a complete story? No. Oh. It's it's the first three pages of the first issue for their respective comics. It's literally just like a preview issue of other people's comics. It was originally going to be like an in-universe like mini-series that exposed you to the greater image universe. Okay. And it wound up just being a brochure. For new image comics. Well, so, then why would okay? Darker image. Also, it it promises that the the world of image is going to get even darker. Did it? No. Uh, the first issue, by the way, great suite of advertisements in here, all for Image Comics. This one promises a Jay Lee drawn issue of Wildcats. Which arguably is oh, yeah. pretty awesome. I remember when Jay Lee uh, drew a whole bunch the Batman Superman book for the New Fifty Two, and people were like, "Jay Lee's amazing," and I'm like, "Yeah, he's been amazing for twenty years. What? I love Jay Lee's art." Where did Zealot's hair go? She pulled it back, just real tight. I don't know if you remember, but in 1993, girls wore their ponytails as tight as men's jeans were. That's why her eyebrows are up like that. Her, her hair yeah, she's is like... pulling her back. Oh, okay. That yeah. makes sense. Well... Yeah. Or maybe... Yeah, no. So they originally marketed this as a, like, cool crossover event. Yeah, kind of. Where, like, then at the end of it, you could go and pick up each respective book. Yes. And then they were just like, no. Nah. Yeah. Now, is it the no because of the fact that, like, the creators don't want to work with each other? No, 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 it was like... just, it was just that they, no, the funny thing is, Image was so, was, was chronically late. Oh, really? Yes. Like, it was amazing, actually, <laughs> how late most of their books were. Right. Like, it would, books would come out for random uh, series uh, every three months, every six months, 
there was, and it was just because it was a Wild West show, right? Because they had at Image no, Comics. They, they had no editorial. No, it was just the, it was just these artists who all just loved hanging out and drawing. And then all of a sudden they were they were given the keys to the kingdom, and they're like, "Oh crap! I got to put these books out, but I got to draw all this by myself, and I got to write it myself, and I got to edit it myself, and I got to publish it myself. It's a real pain in my ass." <laughs> Um, and Wizard was great for facilitating their laziness because Wizard would gladly publish full-page ads for Image saying things like, Youngblood is coming in another three months. You know, or, like, hold on to your hats. It's gonna be epic in another few months. Oh. I remember distinctly in the 1993 issue, uh, one of the 93 issues of Wizard, there is an ad... For Spawn, like issue 8 or whatever. No, 16, something like that. Early, early Spawn, where they're like, Grant Morrison is taking over for Spawn. And Greg Capullo is going to draw it. Because right now, Todd McFarlane has to leave to work on Batman Spawn. Which is hilarious, because the, the Greg Capullo-Grant Morrison team-up was a three-issue stint, so that McFarlane could write and, could not even write, draw a single issue of Spawn Batman. Wow. And Wizard released a full-page ad promising that it was going to be awesome. I honestly, I, re I read all of Spawn. I do not remember if Grant Morrison's Spawn was in any way interesting. I remember. You think it would be. It, I, I, I actually kind of want to go back and read read them so that I can be more like more familiar with Grant Morrison. This is like very very on the like right after a house a serious house and serious earth like Arkham Asylum Grant Morrison. So he's definitely like on the drugs and he's definitely like experimenting with the format. But I remember like Neil Gaiman's Spawn. I remember Alan Moore's Spawn. I remember Frank Miller's Spawn way more distinctly than I remember Grant Morrison's. I, I didn't feel know like all of those people wrote Spawn. Yeah. That's crazy. like in a row. Also Dave Sim wrote a Spawn. I don't know who that is. No one does. No. Okay. Dave Sim <laughs> Dave Sim created Cerberus. It was one of the most long-running like I've single heard issues. Of that. Yeah. It was I think it, I've seen It was weird. Okay. That's fair. So, okay. I read Image now. Yeah. But Image back in the day, was it, like, was it all its own, like, shared universe? Yeah. Yeah, they they started out. Originally, they were like, well, we gotta do what they did. So, they created all their characters, and then they put them all into one universe, and then they were like, you all live here. And it's referenced here, actually. Uh, in, in the third story, they reference Youngblood. In, even in this, in the first issue, or in the first story, starring the Max. Right. Uh, Julie Winters uncharacteristically references Youngblood, the team, as though they were like the X-Men or the Avengers. Okay. Uh, and it's kind of shoehorned, and you're kind of like, what? But it works because, you know, because who cares? Okay. You know, like, oh, they, no, in the third story, they reference the Savage Dragon. You know, like, they reference each other. Occasionally, they would cross over with each other. Some of them would make big mistakes. Like, McFarlane had Rob Liefeld's character, Chapel, be the guy who killed Spawn five years before he arrived on the scene as Spawn. And then when McFarlane and Liefeld got into creative differences and then personally hated each other, and then Liefeld was ejected from the company, Spawn creator Todd McFarlane still had to pay Liefeld every time they referenced or showed Chapel. So then McFarlane was like, shit, 
and then created Priest, a character who actually killed Spawn, and Chapel was just an implanted memory created by Malbolgia to make Spawn be confused. Is that like with Angela and Neil Gaiman? Yeah. Okay. Except, except, uh, McFarlane just kept using Angela and not paying Neil Gaiman <laughs> until such a time as Neil Gaiman went, hey, I haven't gotten a check for my character you've been making a lot of money off of. Well, he needed to buy those baseballs. He needed to buy those Mark McGuire baseballs that became worthless a year later. <laughs> so let's get into the actual issue. Darker image. Darker image. That's so bizarre to call it darker image. I know. Image was already, like, edgy and like... Yeah, but it's even darker, though! By the way, uh, this is the... F like, darker than Spawn. Darker than Spawn. Yeah. Is it, is it really darker than Spawn? I mean, like, it's funny that you should ask that because, like, people consider Spawn to be dark because he's from hell yeah. and deals with the devil. Right. But, like, most of Spawn was just him complaining. Oh. It got a lot darker when uh, Capullo got on the scene, but, okay. like, I mean, okay, uh, those of you who love Spawn and remember the Billy Kincaid era where there was a fat John Wayne Gacy-esque ice cream truck driving child murderer character very early in Spawn. See, that's... That's see, that, pretty that's dark. What I'm saying, where do you go... For, how do you... How do yeah, you, how do you go darker? How do you decide, like, we gotta we got take it to the next yeah, level? It's I, like... I don't think it is measurably darker than anything Image was already doing. Okay. Although, incidentally, like... They still managed to censor themselves, even though, you might notice, no Comics Code authority. Mm. Image never sought the Comics Code, and were all the better for it. Um, but, uh, Darker Image... What did, I'm sorry, just real quick. Before, yeah. I, I, keep, I keep interrupting you, we're never... No, no, no. Sound, There's only three of these. I sound muted because I'm sitting back here. Yeah, there you go. Ah! There, better? Um, so, the Comics Code authority. Mm-hmm. What did that, what did that get you? Uh, it, it, Nothing. Well, it was originally it? created by because there was congressional pushback against comic books. Okay. And to avoid federal regulation of comic books, to, to avoid having to answer to, like, an actual authority, the comic book industry at large agreed that they would kind of self-censor themselves, or rather self-censor, and create a body of, uh, like, a, like an impartial group mm -hmm. of, like, mothers and teachers that would read every comic book and decide whether it was suited for the comics code but authority. do you think any of them turn into huge comic book fans? I doubt it. Okay. But then, like, <laughs> but then you didn't have to do it? You didn't really... No, it was a voluntary thing. The, oh. the concern was, I guess, that, like, if you... If everyone skirted it, then the feds might get involved again. Except right. it was only really emboldened because of the fear-mongering created by the book Seduction of the Innocent and the author thereof who, like... It was like the was like the McCarthy of comic books and was like these are corrupting our children and making them join gangs and making them believe in the devil and they're bad and they 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 seduce and corrupt children oh. and uh, and comic books of course it was ludicrous to think that but uh, because people were willing to assume because our country has a rich history of witch hunting uh, literally we, yeah exactly <laughs> we uh, we 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 bought it hook line and sinker or at least just just to shut this fucking guy up they right. Created the comics code, right? And then they made Spawn with a yeah. ice cream truck. Well, what's funny is <laughs> they, they've been skirting the comics code almost since its inception. Okay. Some, some comics never never sought it, uh, and others. I remember uh, there's a '70s Spider-Man issue in which uh, they deal with drugs. Right. They deal with LSD, and uh, 
the Comics Code Authority. By the way, real world, like, 70s Stan Lee, Jerry Conway era, right. like, Spider-Man, but still, like, real world uh, depiction of more, like, the seriousness of drugs and okay. drug use. Yeah. And the Comics Code said no. They were like, this is not appropriate. We do not want to, we don't want, we don't want to show, like, a real world example of drug use. And Stanley's like, fuck that. that. This comic is too important. We're going to publish it anyway. And guess what? The world didn't end and nothing happened. Yeah. And they were like, oh, I guess we don't really need this thing anymore. And <laughs> no one really cared or was watching them anyway. Right. But the funny thing is, like, if they had declared we're not going to use it anymore, there would be, like, a Time Magazine article about it. There'd be, like, all kinds of fucking like, right. spotlights shining on Right, because they just them. very quietly were like... We're just, yeah. No, nobody's saying anything. Yeah, nobody's saying anything. And then eventually, they I mean, they kept using it, but, like, uh, eventually they just stopped. Okay. They just, eventually, they, I think during the Bill Jemis, Joe Quesada era, they were like, ah, Marvel at least, was like, ah, fuck it. Okay. And then they created Marvel Max, which was like, Max, and it said, like, parental advisory needed. Like, they put shit all over it that said, like, you need to be aware that this is not for children. Mm -hmm. Um... And then they cr and and they had their own little like rating systems for a little while. Now there's nothing. Oh. Now there's just nothing, unless it's uh, unless it like has harsh language or graphic sex depicted. Sometimes they rate them though. Yeah, but like they, I, I haven't seen a rating on a comic book in a long time. I have. Where? Some of the indie books I read. There you go. <laughs> but like Marvel and DC don't. Oh well. Well. By the way, somebody in the chat earlier before we started the show asked. They were like. I, speaking of image, what else besides The Walking Dead could I possibly read? Uh, anything? No, um, image puts out, um, a ridiculous number of titles and not in a bad way. I mean, like, in a way where they're like, here is a bunch of things that people might like for, through all different genres. Um, Saga is something everyone knows that I like and tout. Um, it's another very long-running series. Um, it deals, it's... <laughs> it's it's a space opera, but it's also um, unafraid of using strong language, unafraid of... That's not rated, is it? I don't know. I don't, I don't remember there being... So. I don't remember them mucking up the cover uh, with bullshit No, as long as they put it on the back. Oh, yeah. They'll put it, like, on the back. Um, it's unafraid to show you graphic imagery, um, you know, imagery that some would consider very sexual. Um, it's mm -hmm. it, But it, at the core of it, it's about families and growing up. Yeah. Um, so it's a really cool story. Yeah. Um, you see all sorts of crazy fun things there. Uh, if you're into sci-fi, um, uh, Jeff Lemire's Descender yeah. is good. Um, if you're That's looking... uh, Dustin Nguyen or Nguyen. Yeah, or yeah. If you're looking for something a little more um, like Western, kind of, sort of, uh, East of West is, is, is a lot of fun. Yeah. You were reading Bitch Planet for a while. I was reading Bitch Planet for a while. Um, Rat Queens, if you're looking for something fantasy, is really good. But so, also contemporary, with a contemporary yeah, angle. Yeah, it's like, it's this really cool... Anachronistic. It's like a Renaissance fair, but if there was really magic in it. Yeah, yeah, it is. But, like, they're, it's, they're nobody's pretending. They are just, like, who they are. They're, they're elves and, and, you know, dwarves and, you know, gnomes and people who use magic and there's right. necromancy and all that stuff. But they also use, like, common terms and, like, like you know, like, drugs and stuff like that. And, and it's just, it's cool and fun. Yeah. Um, there's also, um, just... I just had one, and I literally just... Was it Paper Girls? Oh, no, but that's duh. Um, Paper Girls also is another good one. Um, it's it's another Brian K. Vaughn one, which is what Saga is, but this one's more um, sci-fi mixed with, like, um, an 80s, like, 
you know, coming of age flick. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Super 8 plus E.T. plus like sci-fi. Plus like what the hell's happening in it because yeah. it's crazy. So, oh, um, Birthright. That was the other one. Birthright. Birthright's yeah, great. That's great. There's so many. There's literally something for everyone in Image. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, you could also look at um, Invincible. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. You could look at... Um, Which is ending. Yeah. But, like, if you're looking for something a little longer, um, you could also look at um, Kick-Ass. I'm like... Oh, yeah. No, that's brain. not Image. It's not? No, no, no. That's Marvel Icon. Oh, it is. You're right. It's the eye. Yeah. But, yeah, look at that anyway. Yeah. But, like, over in Image, like, literally just... Go either to Comixology or to your local comic book store and just look in that section. Yeah. Trust me, just, you will just find... pick something up and be like, does this look cool? And just pick up the first issue and then yeah. see if it's something... Some of the some of the runs are short runs. Like, yeah. they're like, here's a small story and that'll be it. But some of it is, you know, like, it'll be a long-term story, so... Yeah. So, all right, let's jump into Darker Image. Yeah, let's actually do this. Uh, I'm going to skip the first story because that one is the one I know the best. And it's okay. my favorite out of the three, although... So don't make fun of that one. You can make fun of it, it's fine. No, I will. Okay. Uh, but there's three stories. Uh, the first one uh, is uh, by Sam Keith. It's the first appearance of the Max. Oh, okay. This is the first time the Max appeared in print. It was in Darker Image. Okay. Which is why why it jumped on my radar. Because I was into the Max, and then uh, I remember Wizard being like, the Max's first appearance is actually in this like weird anthology book. And I'm like, picked up. You're like, oh, really? Yeah, well, we'll uh, see I have about to go that. get that. The next one, which we'll cover now, is by Rob Liefeld, and it's called <laughs> Blood Wolf, with a U. W-U-L-F. Not B-L-U-D-W-U. No, it should be, but that would be weird. Blood Wolf. So Blood Wolf is about a douchebag. Oh, it's wow. a Lobo ripoff character who, <laughs> who rides a gun through outer space. His motorcycle's also a gun. I, I see that. And uh, he takes a job. I think the idea was, okay, so he's going to a moon called Praxon 9. And what he wants... Uh, the the emperor uh, promised his nine moons to his children. And then they all fought with each other. And there's one moon left. And they're all like... And there's an issue there. And who gives a fuck? It doesn't matter. The point is, we see Blood Wolf infiltrate this base and then kill everyone in it. Because he's super badass and cool. And that's literally the book. And you get to see uh, all the staples of the 90s all within a, like a four-page story. Which is rippling biceps, uh, numerous erroneous pouches, uh, the, the word blood he, used excessively. He, he has eight belts on one leg. Eight belts! That means if he has it on the other leg, he has 16 belts. That's not counting the four on both arms. He's wearing 20 belts. <laughs> yeah. But this, how many pouches are on is, those belts, Tiffany? How none. many pouches? There are no pouches on any of those belts because then he has other belts with pouches on them. That's right. He needs other pouches for those That belts. is too many belts. Yeah. That's too many belts. There's no... You know why Liefeld drew feet like that? Because none of his characters were getting blood to their feet. That's right. Because they were too many... too, uh, too many belts. Too belted. Yeah. Um, he also uh, commits egregious amounts of violence. At one point, he shoots a character, and his head just flies off his shoulders. Which is hilarious, because, like, that's not how a gun works. Like, he shoots him, and it's like it it fired an invisible fist that punched his head maybe, off his shoulders. Maybe it fired a... a, a just a, a gust of air. A spinning disc. Mm, that's true. Uh, what I is also... this, like, random... 
things that I don't need inserted. Oh, like... I love it. Yeah, well, that's that's called exploring the format. There's also Just earlier on that page. The there's a there's a there's a random and for no reason arrow, which is like a a precognitive YouTube strategy where there's an arrow pointing to the gun, and in the arrow it says, "Oh crap!" Like I needed someone to draw attention to the damaging effects of a gun before the gun actually is fired. What? Is, you know what? You know what? What? His head? I was trying to figure out his hair. Like, what's going on? Yeah, what's up with what's Blood go, Wolf? What's going on with Why his Why is hair? he like an evil clown? Because he looks like a bullet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he does. He looks like a bullet. Yeah. This He's... is awful. I don't, I think it's Who pretty awesome. Who walks like that? He's like he's lunging at all times. Well, look at how buff he is. Well, that's that's you what work he's doing. in your workouts where you can get them. Yeah, which for him is all the time. Yes. So then, uh, Blood Wolf kills like the guy who runs the place, and then for no reason, Cable shows up because Rob Liefeld created Cable, and he figures it's fine. But don't worry, you can't do that. It's not Cable because instead of an X on it, it's a Y. No, no. That is Cable! Eh. Yeah, no, that's that's not Cable, because that's a Y on his chest. No, it isn't! But Rob Liefeld created Cable, so he figures he, he is owed uh, an egregious and and unnecessary cameo. Uh, uh, yeah. Look at the way he's running away. He's jumping out of the way. He's like, yeah. Like a John Woo movie. So anyway, he, uh, he, he shoots everybody with his guns, and then when he... Uh, rallies enough of the 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 security forces uh to his location he then goes to his uh, his his motorcycle gun and then he just uses it like a gun and he shoots all of them and turns them into skeletons but don't worry because after he leaves he delivered a package to that guy that he shot the head off of and that package blows up the moon that they're on well why did he do any of that because to, to show how awesome and cool he is. Did this go on? Did they make more Blood Wolf, you mean? Yes. Yeah. Okay. But this is a self-contained story that just gives you an right. idea about right. what Blood Wolf I, I, is I all about. I guess I'm going to ask the question that nobody would ever think to ask. Um, why? Why would they? Um... Because Rob Liefeld's drawing it and he's awesome and cool. Right. And because no one had seen a comic book like this before. Except for Lobo. Which is why he's called La Blood Wolf. Because he's basically just Lobo. Um, what's also great about uh, this whole thing is uh, it came on the heels of a series called Deathmate. Which was a crossover event that uh, Image was having with Valiant Comics. In which they would uh, kind of reignite or actually... Uh, ignite their Wildstorm universe. Okay. And uh, I think the imp the impetus behind it, if I remember my interviews correctly, is that uh, Valiant approached them. They were like, "We want to like share our universe with the world, and we figure since you guys are the young bucks and you guys have like all the talent and all of the uh, all of the the eyes of the comic industry, you know, it might be behoove us to work with you." Uh, and Image said, "You guys have a lot of cool characters we'd like to draw." Is that Lobo? Yeah, that's Lobo right there. Little cameos. What? Yeah. So, Blood Wolf. But anyway, that the uh, the the Deathmate 
uh, crossover event that's happening uh-huh. uh, is an excuse for image staffers to draw Valiant characters, which is why immediately following Blood Wolf, you'll see an ad for Young Blood crossing over with Bloodshot. They didn't call it Young Bloodshot? No, because they wanted you to know that those <laughs> two char- those two groups. But it does have the ingenious tagline of, this blood's for you. Yeah, it's really too bad you can't read it. Yeah, because it's black with no outline. Yeah. That, uh... And red against, yeah. It's yeah. Just, it's just a mess. But uh, but it does look really cool. Does it? No. No, it is not. But you get to see Bloodshot cross over with Youngblood, which is kind of neat. Who's drawing? Oh, right. Ryan Liefeld. Those are his characters. Uh, so then, uh, the, the third story in this anthology is Death Blow, which is a movie in the Seinfeld universe. <sighs> How many how many titles did this company come up with that, that had, had the, the word, word blood or death in it? All of them. Okay. I'm surprised it wasn't Death Spawn or the, Blood the Spawn. The art in this is way better. It's Jim Lee. Oh. It is, however, all in black and white with accents of red. That's really cool. It's him playing with it. No one would let him publish a book that was in black and white, so here it is. That's really and awesome. The story is bare bones as hell. Oh, it's got green. But it's also weird. Deathblow is like an, an expert assassin and like he works for the government and he has an inoperable brain tumor and he's on the run from the government and so the government hires a team of other Deathblowers to kill Deathblow. Don't say that. <laughs> but then, uh, as it turns out, they actually were uh, just try, just tricking Deathblow into thinking that they wanted to kill him because Deathblow is doing all the stuff that they want but kind of off the books now. So like it's all stupid and intricate for no reason it's just it's jim lee's understanding of what an awesome cool like post-vietnam action story is all about so you go from like cartoon super violent antics to like a self-important political spy action thriller oh no none of them have any tone shared whatsoever (laughs) death blow um, what's awesome is that there's a cameo by John Lynch, who's like, an, who's in charge of IO9, and John Lynch is the leader, will become the leader of, uh, Gen 13. Oh! And he fought with Deathblow in Team 7. Oh. Did they ever do any more Deathblow? Oh yeah, there were more Deathblows. Did they do a Deathblow, or is Deathblow blow hot, blow cold? No, I don't believe How they did. How about Deathblow to blow harder? <laughs> That would be cool. Or Death Blow, Blow Out Your Candles. <laughs> Death Blow Birthday yeah. Edition. No. Come on. Death Blow, they did not. <laughs> oh. uh, yeah, so... At and least an... this looks good. Yeah, <laughs> at least it looks good. Like, I'm like, okay. Like, yeah, if you, can figure are... out, if you can figure out what the hell's happening the in these panels... are really busy. Yeah. But, like, what you can make out looks really cool. Yeah. That's Jim Lee for you, man. He knows his shit. Yeah. It's arguably the best looking story in the bunch. Although it's also oh, there's more. I didn't realize. Yeah, it just keeps going. It, it there's not much. They just keep talking to each other. That's it. This that looks good. Yeah, it's Steven Seagal there for you. Yeah, yeah I guess so. Ta-da. Mm-hmm. But uh, but it's also like stupid. Like Deathblow is dumb. First of all, <laughs> that name is I think. 
on par with Blood Wolf. Oh yeah. But uh, but it's also like it it, it doesn't know that it's not smart enough <laughs> to work. So it just goes for it. How is this guy any different than any of the other guys? Oh, Stormwatch? Yeah. Well, that's a team. He's just on Stormwatch. Oh, okay. But yes, uh, yeah, there is no difference. It's just another guy with guns. It's another character. But really, this one's African-American. Really, I'm sorry, Blood Wolf is just another guy with guns, because this is already an established character. So. Well, Blood Wolf isn't human, though. He's a Blood Wolf. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh... Then, it, by the way, another ad for Deathmate. Which, yeah, by the way, Deathmate was um, the Valiant Image crossover. And the way that they planned it was they would release them not by number, but by color. So you could pick up Deathmate Black and Deathmate White. How do you know what, what order they go well, with? That's the thing. It doesn't matter. They're all self-contained, but there is a story within it. A through line, if you will. But because it's a time-traveling story, it doesn't matter what order it's in. No, it does. No, it doesn't, though. No, it does. Well, here it is. So this is. I, I'm sorry. This is not a strong poster. This is Jim Lee, right? I don't know, actually, who drew that one. Yeah, it says it down there. There you go. Looks like early Jim Lee had a really big problem with, I have to get everything in there. Well, that was probably, this is, this is, a, well, that's the issue is, it's a combination of, of companies. I know, so but So they're that like, we need to feature all the characters that will be, like, prominently, like, in this book. Yeah, I get it, but, like, uh, maybe it's the coloring. Yeah. The coloring's not very good. I think it looks awesome. Personally, I love how Death May Black looks. I wish the characters behind Void and whoever the hell that is. Solar Man of the Atom. Solar Man of the Atom. Um, were more muted because then the two of them would stand would out stand more. out yeah. and you'd still be able to tell who the other characters were. Yeah. The idea, by the way, is Solar Man of the Atom from the Valiant Universe because he is like like Dr. Manhattan, but a ripoff of that, uh, he divides himself into multiple parts and one of those parts goes to the Image Universe and meets Void and falls in love with her. And the combination of Solar and Void creates a universe-altering crisis type event. Where they create some sort of solar flare? Or... Yeah. By the way, a uh, little-known fact about Deathmate. Uh, when Image and Valiant were working together to make Deathmate happen, they approached Marvel and DC and asked them if they wanted to participate in the crossover. Oh, really? And both Marvel and DC said no. <laughs> They're like, fuck that. Now, by the way, I don't think it was because it was a mess. I think it was because they were sore about all their artists leaving and creating right. a they huge competitor. Look at the amount of pouches. Yeah. Like they have a lot of change. I don't know who's the guy with the with the bow and arrow on the front. Shaft. Shaft there. Oh, that's a terrible name. Um, unless unless you have a movie and you're played by Sam Jackson. Yeah. Um, but um. Those are all pouches on his legs. Yeah. And he's got pouches on his belt. Yeah. Who who needs that many pouches? Everybody. All of them. What are they carrying in there? I don't know. Also, every time I see a character with, like, one of these little, like... Oh, yeah, one of those masks? Yeah, I'm like, A, how does that stay on? And B, when you talk, does it not go... Usually it's 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 face tight. Usually he looks like Deadpool. Oh, but here it's But in this image it's it's, it's loose. It's like a little sheet. Yeah, it He's is. He's like a little ghost. Yeah, or a little clansman. Looks like it. 
but uh, a more aggressive clansman. So, uh, but yeah. So then we come to the Max, which, by the way, if you don't feel like reading this story, don't worry. It's a scene in the Max cartoon show on MTV. It's the Max. It's the Max. And this story makes no attempt to contextualize what the hell is happening, uh, but it does get a couple of things wrong. Oh. Uh, Max in the uh, in the opening of De- of uh, of Darker Image. Okay, so Max is this homeless guy who finds a mask in an alley after Julie Winters hits him with her with her car, and then he uh, and then she she covers him in garbage, and because. Her mind is fractured, and she has the ability to create worlds within uh, her own psyche. Uh, she, he winds up getting pulled into her world, and the garbage that she uses to cover up the homeless man uh, become elements from the outback that she created with her mind, and he becomes inadvertently her spirit animal, the Max. And uh, so Max is, is is wearing, like, what he thinks is, like, a superhero outfit because he sees superheroes around. But, in fact, is just, like, the clothing of the protector of the Jungle Queen within the uh, expanse of her fictional mind. So, But the, she's not a good person. No, well, Julie... Okay, so Julie is a good person. But she hit a person. Well, she hit a homeless person And then tried to accident. hide them in garbage. Yes, uh, because he mirrored a traumatic moment that happened in her childhood. Right, but she still then tried to cover him and like he was garbage. Yes. Oh yeah, no, she yeah, but she been she had been paying for that mistake ever since then. And in fact, he when he returns, like when he appears, she doesn't know that he's the homeless guy that she hit with her car, but she winds up like protecting him and taking care of him in the real world because he's kind of a loser. And so she winds up kind of atoning for her for Wait, her so he exists in the real world, too? Yeah, Max is just a guy. Yeah, but the Max persona is a is an element from her outback. Does he know? Not Does the really. real world guy know that he's the Max in her... Yeah, well, because he get, he keeps he keeps getting uh, pulled into her her her, uh, her her world. This is kind like, of confusing. Yeah, let me start over. Okay. Uh, Max is a homeless guy who hangs out with this social worker named Julie Winters. Okay. And uh, he found he the way he remembers that he found a mask in an alley and he put it on and the mask wouldn't come off and he became since then the Max. Right. And when the Max has really serious ha- like headaches, he will drift into unconsciousness. And when he's unconscious, he is in this uh, Doctor Susie in Australia uh, okay. that is full of like savage creatures that attack him. And uh, his friend, Julie Winters, becomes a kind of sexy jungle queen named uh, the Leopard Queen. And he is and and, and he feels this unconscious need to protect her and take care of her while he is in Australia, Mm -hmm. which is what he calls it. By the way, it's just called the Outback, but he calls it Australia. Uh, But uh, yeah, so when he's in the but when he's in the Outback, by the way. Uh, he wear he has the same outfit, you know, the, the purple suit with the big teeth. Um, but when he's in Australia, he has really long hair and feathers. He has like a headdress on, more or less. So he's wearing this stuff in the real world. Yeah. Why? Because the max the mask won't come off. But I thought that wasn't real. N- well, it it becomes real when Julie interacts with it. When she originally covered him in garbage, it became 
a mask from the Outback and was pulled into this real world. Uh-huh. It's playing with the idea of, like, what is reality. Right. Like, Julie Winters is this girl who went through a lot of trauma when she was a right. kid. Right, she also has, like, was superpowers. A... No. <laughs> she has no superpowers. Julie is a girl who was attacked when she was a grad student. Uh-huh. And uh, afterwards, she created a, like, fantasy world for herself where she would be powerful. Uh, that she would retreat to in her own mind when she felt powerless. Okay. But as it turns out, she created like it's a real place that she, she created. She tapped into a real place. Yeah. She didn't. She didn't. Well, is it real or not? Like the fact is, it is real because Max can go there, and her father's friend, who became a serial rapist and murderer, and the antagonist of the book, Mister Gone, can also go there and travel between dimensions. And in fact, he's a student of the mystic arts, and he winds up discovering this place well before Julie thinks that she invented it. And uh, so, but he also is aware that she has this ability to create these worlds. And since she can, yeah, she well, does have. I, a... I think the idea is that everyone has an outback. Like all people have, like a spirit animal or that protects them. Or you too can get the blooming onion. <laughs> the outback <laughs> is just a is just a savage world that you control. That is okay. that where you are in control and you are you and and, and you have uh, powers. All right. So, uh, but Max, because he was an unwitting participant in this experience, mm -hmm. he is not sure what's happening. Okay. You know, he feels connected to the Outback, and he believes himself to be like a a character within it. Mm -hmm. You know, so like he knows the names of all the beasts in the world of the Outback. Uh, but when he wakes up and he's back in the real world, it seems like a dream to him. But he's still the Max. So he's like, I guess I'm a superhero or something. Okay. Um, and he feels, you know, drawn to Julie. So he like doesn't leave her alone. And because he's more or less just a homeless guy in a purple suit, she being a social worker feels beholden to him and protects him and like lets him crash at her place. And you get all that from, like, four pages. That's really... That's... Right? Yeah. But uh, I like the Max because of the world building and the oddities that you find. Not okay. to make a joke about MTV's oddities. That uh, one looks like Bone. Yeah, that's Rhett Quarkin. Well, it looks like Bone. One of the God Clan. Of course. He, uh, he, he, they say his hammer is made from the petrified heart of an air whale. It looks like a tree. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's like a... It's, it's just green. Okay. Anyway, so, yeah, that's the max. It's complicated. And, like... That's what it should say underneath it. Yeah, his, his relationship status is complicated. <laughs> What's interesting is the max is also, like, stupid, and it's self-important, and, like, you think it's kind of deep until you think about it for a minute, and then it's like, oh, it's just Sam Keith had, like, a passing knowledge of psychology, and, like a little bit of a glimmer of an idea and then just ran with it, which right. is, which is like the mantra for early image comics. Like, I think I have an idea. Well, then you should just go all in on that idea. Right. And then they do. So really that one certainly is darker. The max is, this story is not. No, it's just, but like the max, itself. the max itself gets really dark, but not really well, like with that villain you mentioned. I'd yes. Say. But like, we never see Mr. Gone commit any like acts of rape except in the first issue. And, like, 
they keep calling him a serial rapist, but like we don't really get much evidence to that effect. I don't want to see much evidence to that. But effect. also, like Mister, later on they'll explore the idea that like the real world that we live in is actually the fantasy world. So Mister Gon's like, yeah, I don't. It doesn't matter that I rape all these people because like they're not even human. What? Yeah. It's really weird. Yeah. And what's frustrating is, like, the first ten issues or so look great. And then Sam Keith's like, okay, now that I've got you, I'm going to get all interpretive on you. And then he just he just goes for it. And plays with proportions and perspective. And it just, it just gets, it just becomes a mess. For me, anyway. Okay. Some people love, like, his interpretive style. I hate it. But I love early Sam Keith. Like, early Max Sam Keith. Like, this stuff is awesome. Yeah. Um, and then later it'll get even more awesome. Uh, but uh, but then it just it just goes... It's like Penny Arcade. Like, okay. it starts out and it's, like, really, really simplistic and kind of, like, rudimentary. And then, like, he gets his stride and he starts playing with it and it becomes really cool. And then Gabe's like, I'm gonna fucking, yeah! And then everyone just looks like weird stick figures with, like, skin diseases. And then he get and then he's like, oh, but, like, if you want to pay for it, then he starts, like, refining that style. Oh. Yeah, you because know, everyone's just like, it looks like a bad Tiny Toon Adventures cartoon. Where everyone's just like, Wah! like, my face is over here, but my eyes are over here. Like, it's just a mess. But yeah, the Max. I love the Max. I, I have a soft spot for it. And what's funny is the show takes the first like 16 issues and just makes it like a self-contained story. So And I, it ends the story. Gotta, and it makes sense. I gotta tell you, out of all of these, Blood Wolf doesn't make, fit in between... No, Blood Wolf is a space-faring like, douchebag. It doesn't fit in between the other two even remotely. Nope. It's the one I have the most questions about. Is Blood Wolf? Yeah. Yeah. Like... Did Liefeld sit down and was like, I'm going to make a guy who's like super badass and he's got guns. And mm -hmm. then they're like, there's lots of characters about that. And he's like, well, he's got a really big gun yeah. that he rides. I think it's just huh? Rob Liefeld thought Lobo was cool and he wanted his own Lobo. And he's like, and this one doesn't live in a world with Superman so I can like have him curse. Some of this, some of this dialogue is real good really good blood wolf says special delivery for director butts yeah awesome yeah his first name is seymour <laughs> but then it turns out his name really is seymour butts is it really yeah and then he kills him and then i make like a banana and split. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't worry. You get like Frank Millerian internal like monologuing. I love that. I love that. Not Cable yells, "Get that guy." Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just like. Yeah. What? There's a million things you could have said. Yeah. Yeah. I also like that he censors himself. Yes. Like Bloodwell says, "Oh, what the heck." Yeah, but that's funny, because he can't say anything, but he chooses not to curse. Is that... I don't think that much thought was put into it. No. <laughs> I think it was... This is a first issue and we want to get as many people to read it as possible, so don't... Yeah. Don't curse in it. Oh my gosh. This is... Something else, huh? I love that the bomb is delivered in a pouch. Yeah. It's one of his pouches that he takes off. Really... I like that the bomb is capable of blowing up a moon and it's the size of an envelope. Yeah. 
I like that they show you that it was put there, so you can't be like, he didn't put that down. Arrow, right there. It's a really big pouch. That pouch was not on his body. That pouch was way too big. And maybe it was on his back. You don't know. Back pouch. He could have been in his hair for all I know. He could have a hair pouch. <laughs> I wouldn't true. know. That's true. Well, there you have it. Uh, darker image was... This is weird. Weird. It was a weird experiment. It's why it probably didn't last more than one issue. By the way, did this Wildcats thing ever happen? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's what you said. I was no, because sometimes they don't. Oh, okay. Deluxe trading cards from Tops. Yeah. Wilder than ever. Are they? No. Uh, early image is fascinating. Especially the deeper in you get. It really you know, event, yeah, like the, I, I've, I remember always seeing uh, ads for Dooms 4. Yeah, what's that? That's a Rob Liefeld event that I never read or knew anything about besides it saying Dooms 4. He did a lot. Rob Liefeld was very busy. I don't know how he fit in all those Levi's jeans commercials. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it, like, you know, he, he, it's just, it's, it's like a camera crew at Liefeld Studio, and they're like, hey, man, like, tell us about drawing cool shit. <laughs> And then he does, and like, you know, it's it's in the 90s, so, you know, occasionally, like, it'll cut to, like, a shaky cam where it's, like, of his jeans. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. How come Malibu like Comics has a thing in here? Yeah, Malibu Comics helped, like, publish the book. Why? Uh, I don't know, actually. Maybe there's a character in there who's involved. Maybe Malibu helped with the printing or the lettering. It's really weird looking. Oh, uh, Jay Lee's grifter is his trench coat. coat? Yeah. Why is it so wrinkly? What is it made out of that it's that wrinkly? Well, he they just want he wants to put detail in it. It's all detail oriented. It's like it's like it's like made out of like some sort of like gossamer fabric. <laughs> Before we go, I want to talk about the cover as well. This is all drawn by Sam Keith. Oh, Sam Keith drew cool. all three characters, and I love that Deathblow's face is shrouded in shadow because the whole goddamn story is covered in shadow yeah and he probably didn't know who what the fuck death blow even looked it's like. like what is it i also love that max is front and center and prominent and it's the best looking drawing of the book right there's also a butt yeah you know what's interesting is that julie winters is a really interesting character who like doesn't she is a rape victim She's a social worker. Mm -hmm. She is, like, very pro-feminist, but she's also, like, anti-feminist. And she, you know, like... Like, she has a real, like, chip on her shoulder about, like, women and how they dress. Mm -hmm. And she chooses to dress, like, really provocatively. And yet, she also, like, has a real problem with people who say, like, you know, if you wear clothes like that, maybe you're asking for it. Like, she has a really... She's 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 really, like, an, an enigmatic when it comes to, like, her interpretation of feminism. And, okay. like, what that means. And, uh, like, I remember she has a scene where she's kidnapped by Mr. Gone, and he makes her wear this weird, like, 80s sexy, like, workout clothes uniform. What? Yeah. And he ties her up and, like, makes her wear this. And uh, she says, like, you know, you're, like, you have a huge problem with women. And he's like, listen, I'm not the one who wears underwear outside her clothes because she has, like, this, like, weird bell-bottom jean outfit yeah, where she I cuts out the that. jeans. Uh, and she says, this has nothing to do with the clothes I wear. Like, you broke into my house and you kidnapped me. Like, that's, like, 
what I wear has nothing to do with your actions and what you choose to do about women. And it's like, that's cool. Like, it's interesting, but, uh, but she's, I've never seen her more objectified than on the cover of this issue where you've never seen Julie Winters before. So the first thing we see is her ass. Yep. I also like, however, that while they drew, uh, Keith chose to draw Julie Winters. She's, attractive mm-hmm. but she also has uh she she's like propor- she's oddly proportioned okay you know what i mean yeah like she has a really big butt and she has like she has tummy like rolls not necessarily in this issue but like in the official issue okay like she has a little more meat on her bones okay that's then cool. then 90s comics were willing to portray leading women at the time i should say you mean you know she ain't faith but like, she also ain't uh, voodoo. Voodoo. That's not voodoo, is it? That is voodoo. That's voodoo. I was thinking yeah, of. Yeah, uh, that is voodoo. I was thinking of zealot. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, that's voodoo. But yeah, she ain't voodoo, or any member of Wildcats for that matter. But uh, but yeah, Julie's cool. I think. <laughs> I think. I think. I I really have to like look at the Max again and kind of like scrutinize it a little better, like okay. with a with a modern sensibility and see if it was actually cutting edge i i I remember sam keith being really trepidatious when idw i think is idw some one of the new one of the independent publishers wanted to reprint the max and recolor it yeah and they're doing that now and i remember him being like why and i wondered if it was like because he was like no one cares about the max anymore or was more like let's not let's not shine a big a big bright light on my work from 25 years ago please oh interesting like i don't know if he's like that or not but i man i'd love to meet him i've never seen him at a single convention and i've never heard of him being at a convention maybe he doesn't go he was at rhode island con this year oh why didn't you go to that because i didn't want to drive to rhode island oh <laughs> actually no, he's oh. at boston con and I was like, damn it, I want to do the, I want to do Boston Con. Yeah, people have wanted me to do a Max back issues, because I could do the Max on back issues. But, like, I think 12 people would watch it. Right. By the way, someone said that, that they thought I liked cheesecake. I do like cheesecake, but, like, it's weird when it's a character like this. Yes. That's, when it, that's the problem mm-hmm. here. Also, it's weird. Is what this character stands for. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that's kind of, that's not really cheesecake either. No. That's... No, like, she's reacting to the world that, like, created her. Yeah. I don't know if she's doing that or not. No, but this is, this is, I don't know what this is. Yeah. I also like that there's this weird glow around Max. But only on part of him. Yeah. Like, only... To accentuate this one area. Yeah, like, only in the, the top part. But for some reason, by the way, what informed my artistic sensibilities, I like the, you never see it, but with Max, where he's, where his claws in profile, there's this real sharp line work yeah that accentuates his his hand yeah i really like that it's neat i don't know why it's just a really hard edge to it i just always like that Dear. but yeah they always screw the line about his about his flipping the bird all the time yeah he sure is they the way that he uh sure they actually here. they address it in the first uh in the, in the first page where he says my claws still feel wet because what happened was max plunged his claws which is his middle finger into the heart of a volcano and when they emerged, they were hard and they were hard and like tempered steel, and that's why like it's a splash because it's actually like yellow lava. Oh, 
That's cool. never featured in a single issue. You just have they to. They just mention they it. They just mention it. I believe okay. they mention it, by the way, in the Max cards. Oh. Like the the trading cards would tell you a lot more. Like uh, Maxes are like Maxes are spirit animals, but the mask that Max wears is actually belonging to the Seedbringer, which is a uh, an is harvester. And you wear it because that the 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 mask that the Max wears, which is a Seedbringer, is a natural enemy of an Is, and an Is is an eyeless, armed uh, creature that looks like a weird kind of like malformed bone creature. Oh. And Is's are a dime a dozen and all over the place. But what's interesting is Is's are naturally occurring in the outback, but when you pull Is's into the real world, they become. They they turn black and they become man eaters and uh, and and malformed and evil. Also, uh, is is when you bring them to the real world appear to humans as whatever you dress them like. So if you put like a grandma wig on it, it becomes a grandma, in the eyes of human beings. That's really weird. So when Max is slaughtering them, it looks like Max is killing all these people. Oh, well that sucks. Yeah. Does does. Death Blow have like a nunchuck? Uh, probably. I don't know, he's got some stick with, with like a chain. It yeah. Just, I don't know what that is. Yeah. Uh, it, does, he, does he have it in the backup? Or is it just to, on the cover? I feel like it's just on the cover. I feel but like it's that might be true. To tell. Yeah. Well, because I can imagine this is the this is the debut of, of Death Blow. So, really, Sam Keith is drawing everyone's first impression of what Death Blow is like. So, I'm sure Keith was like, Jim. What is Deathblow? And he's like, oh, he's like a, he's like a, he's like a, a marine ninja type character. And he's like, oh, he's a ninja. Okay, here's a, here's a nunchuck. But it's got a chain. I don't. Know. And it seemingly doesn't go anywhere. No. And I also like that Blood Wolf is just screaming. <laughs> like he didn't know what to do with that. No. Well, because probably on every page, Blood Wolf's mouth is wider than hell. Like check it out. It is. He's always like, yeah. He also makes an odd reference to flaming to the flaming carrot. I noticed that too. That's a uh, independent comic book character. Uh, yes. The flaming carrot. Yes. And uh, it's just Liefeld kind of like representing a little bit. Really? Yeah. All right. But he turned it into kind of like a, an expletive for Blood Wolf. I like the fact that Blood Wolf has to pick up the bike to, to shoot it. I'm like, well, yeah, is that possible? to pull the trigger, he's got to yeah. pick up the bike. And, and I then guess he can it. breathe in space. And he oh yeah, get cold. He can do many things. Like like the the coldness of space. Yeah, the vacuum kill doesn't him. no affect him at all. I told you, Blood Wolf has many powers. He's strong and cool. And Maybe awesome. it's his belts. The, the the compression on his legs helps to keep the blood going mm. throughout his body. That's why it, it keeps him from freezing to death in the vacuum of space. Yeah. Yeah, possibly. That's probably what it is. That's probably what it is, everybody. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that's what it is. I think you're right. So, uh, anyway, Darker Image is weird. It's really weird. And you can get it for like a buck or less anywhere. But why would you? I got it for 50 cents. And by the way, I got it because I didn't want to go in the attic and get my books. Because I have two copies of this. <laughs> See, now, that's just irresponsible. I was a Max collector. I needed an issue. And I needed the gold version as well. There's a variant cover where the where, where in dark image, instead of it being red, it's gold. And you have that? That's rare, yeah. It's probably worth $5. Anyway, uh, yeah, it's a weird episode, Elseworlds Exchange. I just wanted to kind of, like, look back and kind of pick apart and laugh well, at some of the... it's funny because, like, this is, like, this was supposed to be an event... Well, it's not even an event. It's just like it was supposed to be, though. Yeah. 
and it didn't end up being one. No, and it I, ended up being a brochure for And it's just funny because catalog. like you don't see that anymore. You don't see companies like going back on an event. Like you don't no. see them being like, It's not gonna work. Yeah. And then just doing something like that. Yeah, and just they being just, like, Well let's just turn it into something else. Yeah, no, they just they're like, We're just gonna do it. Like I don't care. We'll, just well do that's it. what that's what's so cool. You don't see any like comic book companies probably because it costs a lot of money to make comic books, but you don't see a lot of comic book companies just going like Ah, fuck it. Are you almost done? I am half done. Throw it out there anyway. They'll love it. Because I'm sure Darker Image probably sold a million copies. Like, you know what? I'm just going to really quick look up the sales figures uh, for Darker Image number one and see how many copies and then watch the comic book industry at large just cry. Uh, because I guarantee you it probably sold more than the number one selling comic book of this month. Here we go. He's looking. Uh, he's reading. Defenders, what if, Alien Legion. Oh, there's no way to tell. This, whatever you're looking at is too many pages. Yeah. Oh my god, wow. Yeah, whoops. Let me see if I can control This doesn't this. help you at all. No. Here we go. Yeah, Malibu helped print it, apparently. That's cool. Doesn't tell me anything. Ah, well. <laughs> oh, well, I've already lost interest. Ah, well, who cares? Yeah. Well, its current value is $2.50, everybody. That's a, That was its cover price. That is not true. There's that, no way. That's a lie. No. No, that is not right. Anyway, uh, uh, you know what I'll do? I'll uh, If I do find out how many units it sold, I'll drop it in the end of this in the audio version. Okay. And I'll put it in the description box below this video when you can watch it on Friday. So, uh, anyway, there you go, everybody. We gotta go, because tomorrow night, we're gonna go see Doctor Strange for the first time. And uh, I think what we're gonna do is we're gonna shoot, like, a like a reaction video immediately following the screening so that you can just tell everybody what, what you thought. And then I'll just get it up that night. So that Friday morning, you can see a little video by Tiffany of her first reactions to seeing Doctor Strange. So, I think that'll be a lot of fun. And hey, stay tuned for the next in the next hour and a half because Tiffany led an episode of Back Issues in which we discussed the J. Michael Straczynski, that's right, the creator of Babylon 5 himself uh, edition of Doctor Strange. It's called Strange, and then later on it was called Strange Beginnings and Endings. Yep. Uh, and uh, it's one of your least favorite Doctor Strange stories of all time. It is. It is. Hard to imagine. I know. I didn't think it, were po it was possible. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. That was fun. I, I had a really good time. With it's very fun. Thing. Yeah, those really guys. Yeah, had a good time. We all had some that. good chemistry. It was a lot of fun. Thanks. We, I think we had a good time. But, oh, I'm so excited. Yeah. I need to, like... No, I can't. Never mind. What? I was going to say, I need to, like, you know, like, use cry, like cryostasis to go to sleep and mm -hmm. then wake up and it'll be time for Doctor <laughs> Strange. It's only tomorrow. I was going to say that that never works out for anybody ever. So I will not be doing that. No, that's probably not a good idea. So I'll end up in like the far flung future where there's, you know, a bunch of people who are fighting over the name of a religion. Mm hmm. Bark, bark, Eric. Yeah, I don't want that. Yeah, so. Yeah. Oh, look at all these other variant covers there are for Dark Rimage. You could get the gold yeah. cover, you could get the, uh, the platinum edition. Oh, you don't have that one. No, I don't. That's worth $10. And there is the special ash can edition. Why is it an ash can edition? Because everything had special editions. Oh. I'm so excited about Doctor Strange. I will, by the way, I will not be checking my Twitter for the rest of the night. 
No. Until or the chat. I was gonna. Yeah, not we're not just looking. because you know what? There are enough people who just occasionally will be like, yeah. Guess what? Yeah. So like, I I have not. I, I no. I'm, I'm all done for the next like 24, 26 hours yep. or so. so. At twenty five hours, I will not be checking Twitter. I'm done. It's a good idea. I'm done with social media. Yeah. For for the foreseeable for like for like a day yeah for a full day yeah hard so, to imagine hard to I can't even handle it yeah. all of a sudden like even right now I'm like mm, <laughs> you want to look yeah but well, I won't oh my gosh so exciting I know it's gonna be great oh, well, I I hope it's great we'll see how it goes but I, uh, yeah I'm just excited like yeah. I'm just excited I'm just so excited because like like you know. I like comic book movies. I like, you know, you know, I like Thor and I like, you know, I like the Guardians of the Galaxy. I did read, I re- yeah. read that before I, I read some of it before I go in to see that. But like, this is a totally different experience for me. And I'm just like, I hope I'm not too hard on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm worried about that. that I am like, too. That it's like great. And you're like, ah, oh, it's all right. I mean, like, well, you know, could have, hmm, and then actually, hmm, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I, I am like... I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, I don't know. We gotta end this show. Ah, so thanks show. a lot for watching, everybody. We'll see you guys next week with another episode of the, yeah, uh, another episode of the Elseworlds Exchange. Yeah, and the next time you see me, I will have seen. That's right, Doctor Strange. Actually, the next time you see her, she'll be talking about Doctor Strange in tonight's back issues. So. Oh yeah, that's true. And then I'll be talking about Doctor Strange on a reaction video, and then I'll be doing um. A special new show. And oh, if you guys no, like it, we'll see do- it. Well, yeah, if that too. I was going to say I'm going to be doing uh, Unwind with me on, on Twitch. Yes, yes. And we could probably talk about Doctor Strange. That's right. Too. If you guys like uh, Twitch, Tiffany runs the Comic Pop Twitch channel. Yeah. And right now we have one regularly scheduled weekly show. It's called Unwind with Overwatch. Well, it's uh, Unwind with whatever. And if we're talking about Doctor Strange, I might play something else. Yeah, that's probably a good because idea. Because I have to, I focus a little. I realize every once in a while, like, I will, like, I will just stop talking. Yeah. So... So, so I might do I don't know what I'll do, but I thought we could talk more yeah. about it. But then. if you but yeah. if you do want to check those out, you should go to twitch.tv slash comic pop TV mm-hmm. and uh, we'll see you there. Yeah. On Friday. But, yeah, it'll uh, be Friday after I'm done with my, my day job. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. This is my day job, so I'll just be here. Good for you. Thanks. <laughs> All right, see you guys next time. Bye guys. Bye. Bye.